you know what Donald Trump hates more than long, boring briefing documents? Sharks. Back in 2013, Trump tweeted, Sharks are last on my list, other than perhaps the losers and the haters of the world. Capital W. And please, tell me, how is it even possible that you've said meaner things about sharks than Nazis? Actually, Trump loves Shark Week. It's the one time he can tweet, I love great whites without being called a racist. <laughs> Yet, oddly enough, according to The Hollywood Reporter, he had signed on to play the president in 2015's Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No. Trump eventually backed out and made a run for the real presidency instead. But when the producers replaced him with Mark Cuban, his lawyer, Michael Cohen, reportedly said, we're going to sue you. We're going to shut the entire show down. They were saying the other night, the shark. They were saying, no sharks, we have to protect them. I said, wait a minute, wait. They actually want to remove all the seals in order to save the shark. I said, wait a minute, don't you have it the other way around? That's true. Now, I'm not a big fan of sharks. I don't know how many votes am I going to lose. I have people calling me up, sir, we want to have a fun to save the shark. It's called Save the Shark. I say, no, thank you. I have other things I can contribute to. She said while watching Shark Week with Trump, he told her, quote, I donate to all these charities and I would never donate to any charity that helps sharks. I hope, I hope all the sharks die. Our nation has been gripped by professional anarchists, violent mobs, arsonists, looters, criminals, rioters, Antifa. And I'm not a big fan of sharks either. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent. I'm here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. It's Shark Week. Yes. Not only on Speak All Evil, but it's Shark Week off the rocky coast of Maine. We have a great white shark who already killed one person a few weeks ago and just yesterday showed back up somewhere else. We're based in Portland, Maine, and the initial attack was like 35 miles up the coast in this tiny little harbor of Harpswell, Maine. Somebody was swimming. Uh, very big deal. First shark attack death ever in the state. Um, they shut down water activities, as you can imagine. This was kind of a, kind of a big thing. And then, you know, I, I, everybody thought it was over, and then yesterday, uh, the the same, I think it's the same, a great white shark was seen and photographed by a number of people in the town of Wells, which is like 35 miles south of us, and a major summer tourist destination, very Jaws. Um, <laughs> they've instructed everyone to not go in the water beyond your knees, which is yeah. I feel like is even scarier than just saying don't go in the water, like... Don't go past your knees. I saw somewhere said ankles. There's one, Papa Beach was like, you can't go past your ankles. I'm like, just say don't go in the water. <laughs> well, they just want you to be able to use your upper body to drag your corpse to the, <laughs> the beach. I'm deathly afraid of sharks. And even in Portland though, we've, uh, you know, we've not had a lot of sightings, although there was a sighting of an orca whale off the coast of Portland, which is pretty crazy. There's the seal population is really big around the islands in, in Casco Bay, and there's been tons of really disgusting seal carcasses everywhere, mm -hmm. which is enough for me. I, I don't, I'm not even, I live like right near the beach. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> you're, you're so close to the beach that I, I'm not even sure you're safe at home, Dave. You should be <laughs> I'm afraid to walk to my car. I had to go get my phone charger out of my car the other night, and I was like looking everywhere for some shark just to be, you know, like humping its way up my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Land sharks. What is it? Land shark. Cleverest species of them all. Oh my god. Plumber, ma'am. I don't need a plumber. You're that clever shark, aren't you? Candy Graham. <laughs> Candy Graham, my foot. You get out of here before I call the police. You're the shark and you know it. Wait, I, I'm only a dolphin, ma'am. 
<laughs> a dolphin. Well, okay. <laughs> Land sharks. I was just reviewing that, Kevin. I I found um, there's two um, SNL land shark skits that are on YouTube. SNL is kind of stingy with what they put on YouTube. I've noticed, but two of the classic um, Jaws parody land sharks skits with Belushi, Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, and uh, all the like not ready for primetime players. The original crew. It's really really funny. Yeah, this is this is terrifying. I mean, it was a couple of years ago they started having some shark attacks down in Mass off like Cape Cod, and I remember reading about that and just thinking, well, it'll never happen in Maine. You know, our waters stay cold, but apparently Portland Harbor has been warming up at a massively rapid rate, and it's drawing all the seals in. So I don't know if it was the same shark from Harp's Well to Wells. <clears throat> if so, that shark know. gets around. I don't know. But Maybe there's a little the family. It it's a nine-foot great white. Like, this is no joke. This is our first episode X. Uh, we had to just jump right in the middle of our normally scheduled programming and bring this breaking news about the shark here because that's what I've been afraid of. I mean, that's, that's the real fear. Um, sharks can't be reasoned with, and I am... <laughs> <laughs> so afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of everything in the ocean. Yeah. It's just a, it's like outer space, but you can just go there and there's like billions of species just floating around under there watching you as you, as you, you know, disturb their territory. I don't want to go there. They're, they have an ecosystem there. I'm fine in my ecosystem. So would you say that we all have a uh, thalassophobia? Oh, that's what it is? Yeah, the fear of deep water, fear of the Fallaciophobia? What was that? Fallaciophobia. <laughs> I also have fallaciophobia. I do too. Sorry, Jimmy. Especially from a shark. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's actually, that's actually one of my biggest sexual fantasies. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, you know, I'm like, a, I'm like a homophobe when it comes to sharks. I think that all sharks want me. <laughs> they probably I do. I think all sharks are coming you after are tasty, me. They're going to try to... Turn me into lunch. Yeah. See, I'm hoping that if I were ever in the water with a shark, they would see my shark tattoos and then be like, oh, you know what? Let's hang out. I'm not going to bite your leg off. I'm going to admire it from a safe distance. And then you can be queen of the sharks. And I think that would absolutely happen. So fingers crossed. You know, with most with most dangerous animals, you always get the thing that, uh, you know, oh, they're actually kind of safe. They're nice. They're friendly. They don't want to eat humans. Yeah. I don't believe that about sharks. You hardly ever hear anyone. They say, oh, you just, they think you're a seal. I don't think they think I'm a seal. They just think I'm meat floating in the water. I mean, it's not even meat. I mean, that's a hotly so. contested theory, you know? I've uh, read a lot of books about sharks, and all of them say they don't want to eat humans, so... But why does, just... why does a wetsuit make you look more like a seal? They say a wetsuit makes you look more like a seal, but I don't understand. Does the I'm shark, assuming... like, see what clothes you're wearing? Why You still Maybe. just are a person with four limbs. Like, what? Well, sharks don't have very good eyesight, um, so they very often miss see, you know, sea turtles, at, you know, thinking... Sorry, they miss see people like as sea turtles, like when they're on the surfboard, they just see like the limbs. They they don't really see color. I get like, that. I get that. I get the surfboard a little bit because it changes the shape of the body. Well, you but, see something I mean, floating oh, across the top of the water, you know, from below, like Jaws style. You what see I'm that, saying you know, is, flop in. Yeah, I'm saying I get that. But why would the wetsuit... What, what does the wetsuit have to do with... It doesn't it's change the color the of a seal. Yeah, it's like dark, like a seal. It's the color? It's I the thought color they didn't see that. It also like repels the water like the fur of a seal. So they can tell the difference between like what I'm wearing... like repellent surface, yes. Like if I'm, I'm wearing not. jeans, they can tell. If I'm wearing a swimsuit, that looks a lot different than wearing a wetsuit. Trent, I don't think... I don't really think wetsuits have anything... No, I'm just saying... I don't think wetsuits really have anything to do with it. I think... Maybe that was just a weird thing that the reef said. I don't really think. I've been told that the wetsuit makes you look more like a seal, and I'm just wondering how that would be. Just a question. Know. I'm curious. That's all. I think we're all very curious. I'm going to get like Are a we? seal Halloween costume and go hang out in the ocean and just put this debate to rest. Mm. 
I think that wetsuits do make you look like seals. I think surfers look like seals. I, and I'm not even a shark. Yeah, but a surfer... But I bad eyesight as well. But the surfer, because the board looks much different, the, the board changes what the shape of your body, but the wetsuit, why would the wetsuit make any difference to the shark? That's what I, think, I think that sharks are really, really stupid. They want to eat all the time. And they just swim through the ocean and eat everything. That's why when you see people cut open sharks, they're pulling out, like, fucking car tires and license plates and little boats and shit. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with seals. I think if you're a shark, you want to do one thing. Eat. All the time. Make tiny baby sharks. We also have those basking sharks here that just have their mouth open all the time. Yeah. It's just a giant mouth that's just going, collecting everything inside it. It's like really. Well, basking these sharks, sharks are a problem. They basking sharks eat uh, plankton and stuff. They don't eat people. They don't eat meat. I, I have outfits where I look like plankton, and I don't want to be caught <laughs> at the beach. So obviously, we can't talk about sharks and talk about horror movies without talking about the. King Daddy of all of them, Jaws. This is my all-time favorite movie, and I have a guest with me to record. Oh, I got my Quint. He's here in solidarity. <laughs> wow. He's ready to go. He's mean mugging you. I feel him flowing. What we're seeing for you people at home is a picture of Quint from Jaws framed. Yes, he sits um, up it, it looks like it looks like it's a picture of her dad. It doesn't even look like it's a famous celebrity or an actor from a movie. It just looks like your dad. Kat, um, I notice you have a new poster up too. You got a Jaws poster. Oh, this is always here. here. This oh, is always oh, here. Just, I just can't, moved your phone it. Has turned a little bit. Yeah, I moved it. I moved um, my station on my on the floor down so we could see the uh, the Jaws. I'm also wearing the uh, Jaws shirt that Kevin got us. I'm ready to go. I'm psyched about Jaws. Yeah, you're basically I, like tailgating right now. Yes, this is like, I think this is what I was made for. I think I was put on this earth to talk about Jaws with you guys, so. What makes this the perfect film of all time? Let's go at it. The acting, the script, the cinematography, the music, the little spooky jump scares, the ingenuity if you will of the filming techniques in the water the animatronics um just it's it's an iconic film i literally don't even remember seeing it for the first time because i think i was so young i was really obsessed with sharks for some reason in like the third and fourth grade so i like would check out all the books in the tiny little library and then i think my mom let me watch jaws and then after that it was all over I don't know what it is about it that makes me still love it, but I still get chills when I watch it. And I actually, I watched it this morning before we were recording because I wanted it super fresh, even though I've seen it like 500 times. Um, I still had a jump scare. I've seen every single thing and I wasn't paying attention. And then I like look up and then I jump scared myself. When a young woman is attacked by a shark on the beach of the small summer resort town of Amity Island, police chief Martin Brody does what he can to close the beaches. However, he is overruled by the mayor and other public figures. Once the others realize the error of their ways, it's up to Brody, oceanic scientist Hooper, and seafarer Quint to hunt down and kill the murderous beast. It's so good. I love Jaws as well. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, although this time there was something about it that actually did bother me and I would argue that for me, it could have been more perfect. Mm. I actually hated the music in Jaws. Wow. I hated the score. It's That's so like majestic take. in Disney. It's like mm -hmm. this shit is not, uh, uh, they're not having fun right now. This is not an adventure. Like, it's scary. Like, I wish it had more of a horror uh, soundtrack. It's always listed as a horror movie, uh, considered one of the greatest horror movies. But it sound, the, the, the score to me is just so adventure movie uh, <laughs> and majestic that, that that kind of bothered me this time because honestly, I was like really scared. I was, and I'm like, get those fucking chimes out of here. I'm, I'm terrified right now. What are you doing? That's not, you know, this French horn is not making me feel better. <laughs> Once the piccolo um, comes in, it's all over. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that that's the only thing that to me, uh, it seemed, and it might just be because of my extreme fear of sharks, but it seemed a, a weird matchup to have the majestic adventure music that maybe would be like you would hear in Indiana Jones or Star Wars or another, you know, Steven Spielberg type thing. It was pretty gory. I mean, it's a it's a gory movie. It's scary. Um, I love how it starts in on the dark beach, and you know a lot of the things that you hear about. Um, you know, we always talk about the budgets for movies and how this movie came to be. And they they did a lot of this movie without the use of the shark because they didn't get the shark yet. Mm-hmm. You know, no one ever watching this thought that when when they first when you first see it, you don't think that they didn't have the shark yet. You just think they're waiting to reveal the shark uh, like they do any monster in a movie. They, they wait till the end and you see glimpses here and there. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I mean, just a view from underwater where you see the legs, like that's, that's the Jaws that's shot. That's when you the music I mean? is like, scary. That's when like the weird violins are scary. When you see little legs dangling and you're like, the music has begun. Someone's about to get chomped. It puts you in the, the perspective of the shark. And I mean, they, they look like seals to me. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the cool things about the P, the shark POV, though, is like you don't know if it's the shark or if it's just an underwater shot. You know, like every time in a shark movie, they show the people from down below. You're trying to guess if that is in fact the shark coming at them, or that's just the shot that they're using. And a lot of these movies will will play with that. Not liking the soundtrack, very hot take, Dave. It's I did not expect take. you to come out of the gate um, unhappy with the soundtrack, but I think you nailed it. Like, this is a Steven Spielberg film, 1975. I would say that this is kind of, before it's a horror movie, it's a summer blockbuster. And this is, in a lot of ways, the original summer blockbuster. This is kind of like the thriller of summer blockbusters where everybody realized they could make a zillion dollars and fill <laughs> theaters all you know with this kind of big budget big bang movie that Steven Spielberg has come uh, to be known for like you said Raiders of the Lost Ark go right down the line um, this is on HBO right now um, at least on HBO Max I don't have a degree in all the HBO platforms now I don't get it at all but I have HBO it's on there, um, and it's just as good now as, as the first time. I, I love this movie. It's hardly dated at all to me, that first scene, the, the night beach, and the way that the woman is being uh, pulled to and fro. It's like the way she's moving Aww. in the water as the shark has her and is just doing whatever he wants. Um, I saw this on the big screen. A few years ago, with Cat, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> we went to, we went to a uh, one of those nights like at the at the Cineplex where they do like classic movies, and we saw this. And I, the main thing I remember is the huge jump. Even though obviously I had already seen it many times, the the jump scare. There's a jump scare earlier in the movie, and I like was out of my seat. So that's that's not getting me at this point. I've seen it a few more times since then, but I just I can't love this movie enough. I love everything about it. It it moves very quickly, and even though, you know, you read about like there were a lot of technical problems with the sharks were malfunctioning, this and that. So Steven Spielberg decided in his artistic genius he was going to suggest the shark more and not show it so much. There's a lot of shark in this. I don't know how much more shark you would want. I, I wouldn't want any yeah. more of the shark that is in it. And I wonder if, like, how much of that is, like, sort of lore and, you know, playing up the angle because, I don't know, I got all the shark I needed. I'm wondering if it would be, like, worse somehow if you could see more of the shitty animatronic shark. I think it might have, you know... Well, if they had the shark, Richard Dreyfuss would be, like, riding on the back of it with that music playing. Uh, Good thing they didn't have the shark. No, I want to be clear. I want to clarify something. When I say that I don't like the music, I'm not talking about... 
That I love. Okay. That that is like no, one you of the meant greatest the, the adventure pieces. Sea. No, you said the sea adventure. Yeah, stuff. the majestic. Uh, Richard Richard Dreyfus has his his shirt kind of open, and the yeah. wind is blowing it, and he's at the stern of the boat, and it's playing this adventure music. That's that's the part I'm talking about. Not the duh, duh. Love that. Love that. I, I agree with Dave. I, I noticed the same thing. It's like the only negative note that I took is as I was watching this a bunch leading up to the episode, I was kind of taken aback sometimes by like this really silly music that all of a sudden started happening. Um, and it's the first time I'd ever noticed that. And again, you know, we watch these movies differently when we're getting ready to talk and fight about them. But the, <laughs> the, the opening scene for me is one of the greatest of all time. And I love the way that they did it um, because reading about the book, the actress Susan Backline was hooked to a bunch of harnesses with cables and people were just yanking her from the shore. And again, Trent mentions lore and stuff. Apparently Spielberg was being ruthless and like pull her harder. And knowing that as I watched it, there's a scene where she, uh, in that scene she yells, it hurts. And it's, it's, I don't think she's acting. Like, I felt no. that so deeply. <clears throat> and then the last thing she says as she goes underwater is just yells, please help. And I was like, man, you really can't start a movie with a better scene than this. Kevin, you just gave me chills talking about it. I like, get chills just thinking so about good. it. Yeah. Oh. And like, Kat, you mentioned, you know, how do you get a more perfect movie? And, and Trent kind of brings up the problems with the shark. There was a ton of problems with this movie. I think this... I think he caught lightning in a bottle. I think everything went wrong that should to kind of bring out the best of everybody. They didn't have a script for most of the time they were working on this. They actually couldn't find a writer that would take on adapting the book by Peter Benchley that this movie is based on. So they ended up with a comedic writer, Carl Gottlieb, which is amazing to me. And most of the time, they were way, way over budget, way over schedule. Spielberg thought he was going to get fired. And there's entire sections of the end of the movie that Spielberg didn't even direct because he had to get back to L.A. to start editing this movie. So second unit directors actually filmed the ending of Jaws. So That's all crazy. these things come together for $9 million. And then you make half a billion dollars. And this is, at the time, this was the biggest box office hit ever. Got taken mm -hmm. down by Star Wars a couple years later, but... You're right. It doesn't feel dated when I watch it. The acting, for the most part, is incredible. And I think we just really need to talk a whole bunch about Robert Shaw, who plays Quint. Oh. Easily daddy of the week. I and know. I was. It was a hard choice because there's, you know, three good... Four, including the shark. There's four good daddy candidates. But I feel like... Well, you mentioned that the shark is a contender for daddy of the week. But isn't it revealed uh, in later... Uh, Jaws movies that the shark may be a woman. I yes. like to pretend that no other movies were made after the first Jaws, and I live blissfully in this bubble. And That's cool, but please don't assume the shark's gender. Oh my God. It's bad enough that he's called a great white. Is this a racist? Is a great white a racist shark is my question. They don't really see color i don't know if we can on really the coast tell. of maine you know you've been having these well it's kind of hard it's hard black to say Lives because protests yeah there's no black people in the movie so it's kind of hard to say there really aren't no in either movie both movies are plagued by great white and there are no black people or people of color in any way well trent talked about how this is on hbo cat just disparaged the sequels if you have hbo <laughs> all all four jaws movies are on there right now I made the mistake. I had this weird memory of Jaws 2 that it's pretty good. I was like, I remember liking Jaws 2. I'm going to watch Jaws 2 again. I know that 3 is bullshit. You get some Quaid action. 4, four never should have happened. Everybody responsible for 4 should immediately be sent somewhere and locked up forever. But 2, 2 might be the worst one out of all 4 of them. It is Unbelievable. Three is bad. Three is yeah, real bad. Yeah, three is like super 80s, uh, and they shot it in 3D, so now, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have 3D glasses, weird. But two, <laughs> I think I texted you guys, there are entire sections of Jaws 2 where you watch uh, Scheider, Roy Scheider, who played Chief Brody. He could be anywhere. He could be an extra, or he could just be someone at a coffee shop. He can't wait for this scene to be over. He's completely disengaged. He delivers his lines, like, very lackluster. Um, I can't believe how bad Jaws 2 was. 
And there's not there's not much to say about this movie that hasn't already been said. Um, but for me, it's the this scariest scariest topic and executed also very well. So I, I'm curious. I was trying to remember how old I was when I saw Jaws for the first time. I wouldn't even go into the lake. I, I knew that there weren't sharks in the lake. I was old enough to not be that stupid, but I literally wouldn't go in the water, period. And if my friends, like, peer pressured me and got me out to that dock, it would take me, like, 30 minutes to get up the nerve to jump back off that dock and head for the shore. Well, you know, it's like when I was a kid and I saw this, it's like when Trent was talking about the piranha thing and when you're a kid, you're afraid of piranha everywhere. You're afraid of quicksand, you're afraid of lava everywhere. It doesn't matter if people tell you, oh no, that's not here, that's somewhere else. And now all of a sudden it's 2020 and it's like great whites are here. Uh, that reminds me of when I, when I was, um taking YMCA swim lessons when I was a, a young beeb and they would give you the um, whatever like the little boogie board to like practice on and I would kick as hard as my tiny little baby legs would like take me because I was convinced that in the deep end Jaws was coming up and it was going to get me in a pool and I think that's just like that shows like you know, Anywhere the effect can, that it has. container he can barely fit, almost like a bait of a fish. Yeah. <laughs> like a bait of fish can fit in those little tiny bowls. Any container big enough for yeah. Jaws to fit in, I just assume he's there. Yeah. Don't know how he got there, but he flew in. He helicoptered in, and he's waiting for me in the deep end. Sharknado, I'd like to, I'd like to thank all of you <laughs> for not picking Sharknado this week. Oh, thank God. I've never seen it. I've, I've still I've still avoided Sharknado. It's kind of hard to talk about Jaws and then talk about Sharknado. Like Sharknado belongs more in so good it's bad category. Mm -hmm. I don't actually I don't I don't even think I've ever seen it. But one of the cool things about watching Jaws is so many things that happen have been done, alluded to, and paid tribute to, and copied for so long, like ever <laughs> since 1975. So there's tons of stuff in, in the movie that makes you think of other movies. One thing that I hadn't noticed, of course you have the very basic stuff you have like, you know, usually when, when the type of movies that we talk about, somebody goes to the library, they check out the book on werewolves or whatever. They learn everything. So in this, uh, one of the first things that Chief Brody does, he gets his he gets a bunch of shark books. Like he mm -hmm. really needs to read a bunch of books <laughs> about sharks before he can get a handle on this situation. And he's paging through it late at night. And he says, "People don't even know how old sharks are." You know, you have that stuff in there. It's very good. But I noticed one small thing that we watched uh, Seven not too long ago. That was uh, our Serial Killers episode. There's a scene in Seven where Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt uh, are at, at uh, Brad Pitt's apartment late at night, and, and there's the, like, pint glass pour of wine for Freeman. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. In this, in this movie, when Hooper shows up at Chief Brody's house, um, they open a couple bottles of wine, and Brody takes the giant pint glass <laughs> filled to the top with wine, like it's, you know, like it's just a, a spritzer or something. Yeah. So He's that's like, oh, you're going to want to let that breathe. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize when we watched Seven that that was totally Jaws. I think, so I have a few favorite scenes, but obviously one of them has to be the galley scene. It's just like beautiful, like expertly delivered by Robert Shaw after many drunken missteps the day before. He was like wasted and he couldn't get through his lines and Spielberg was just finally like, fuck it, like, nope, we're done for the day. And Robert Shaw, who's like, you know, he's an Artur, you know, he's a English actor, playwright. And he shows up the next day in the morning and just bangs it all out in one take. And he's, it's just perfect. And I still, the songs, like that's a very, what'd you say? Well, the galley, the only thing about the galley scene though, and I don't know what order that was ultimately, I don't know where in the timeline of the production that was filmed, but mm -hmm. he sounds very Irish in that scene. Like I feel like that first, that galley scene, you're talking about the, when you say galley, oh, you're talking about the boat. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, when, when you said galley, I thought Drinking you meant like... the boat, right? I, th I thought galley you meant like the introduction. of the boat. Yeah, yeah, no. but it's also like an area, a meeting area of a, of a building. Is it? So I thought, yeah. Either one. I, I thought you meant when he is introduced to the, um, to the public. You know, oh, no, like the, the press the conference and he scratches scene. the chalkboard and then, yeah. yeah. At that point, he's an Irish fisherman. He's yeah. very Irish. He's like, ah, matey, shiver me timbers. Well, that's more like pirate, but he's like an Irish pirate. But then as the movie goes on, I feel like he gets more down east, more more New England with it as he practices. So the guy that um, that plays Ben Gardner, one of the fishermen, who the one, the head that pops out at you, that guy. Um, oh, yeah. Robert Shaw, he wasn't really an actor. He was just like a, a local. And Robert Shaw like met him and based a lot of his like mannerisms and his accent on that specific guy. So I'm assuming that maybe he started out a little bit Irish and then like as the filming went on, maybe he, ta yeah. he talked more with, with that guy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Craig Kingsbury. He's definitely dead by now, but... Um, Another favorite scene, and I think it's when you first like see a little bit of the shark, is when Alex Kittner dies, or gets eaten on the beach, and you see, you know, the flipping of the inflatable tube, and that's when everyone freaks oh, out, man. and that's yeah. when you get that vertigo effect, that fucking dolly zoom, right? Oh my god, yeah, just thinking of so it's good. so good. And I love the mother on the beach. Yeah, so a crazy thing about that, when the mother of Alex slaps Brody, she also wasn't an actress, so she didn't really know how to kind of fake slap. So they had to <laughs> film it over 20 times, and she was actually just hauling off and hitting Roy, Roy Scheider as hard as she could. But a crazy 20, 30 years later, that woman and the kid that played Alex Kittner had never spoken after. The only time they ever knew each other was during the filming of Jaws. So she goes to this diner decades later and she notices there's a sandwich on it that's like Alex's, you know, some, some reference to, to, the, to the scene. So she tells the, the, the wait person, she's like, that's crazy, I played the mother of him in Jaws. And they go, hold on a second. And they go and get the owner of the diner and it's the fucking kid. Oh, Alex. Yeah. That's a it's great. Story. I don't, where, did, where did that story come from? I just, I'd like to know. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were there. I wasn't sure. Microfiche. I wasn't sure if you were at the, and, uh, if you were at the restaurant. We were at there. Um, one thing about the parents, not just her, but all the parents in this movie, why are they all super old? Every parent in this, in this show, they're all like grandparent age. There's no regular age parents. That was kind of well. Weird. It's the it's the seventies. It's like they were casting like forty five so year olds to play high school kids. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, we, we were doing that in America until like the nineties. Like I go back and watch like an old episode of nine hundred two one zero, and I was like, "There's no fucking way these are high school kids." <laughs> it's my aunt. Look, uh, Robert Shaw is legendary. If you look this guy up. Apparently, everybody on the set hated him. He and Dreyfus got into like fist fights, like close to fist fights, so many times. He was notoriously hammered all the time, um, and apparently, he was also wanted in America for tax evasion. So when they would shoot right. blocks of Robert Shaw time, and then he'd have to fly to Canada. Well, when they finally caught up with him, this poor bastard didn't make one dime off of Jaws. The U.S. government took it all. Jaws is a classic case. Uh, again, we talked about this um, with a hot fuzz. This is the original city cop retires to the small town. Uh, nothing's going on. He's going to have the easy life at the beach town. There's no crime. They don't even have closed beach signs. So you got to make them yourself. There's nothing going on here. Lo and behold, case of his career. Well, I put I put a note like uh, you know, we're talking about when Kat did the synopsis, you know, we gotta shut the beaches down, we gotta shut the beaches down. I was like, if they remade Jaws in 2020, Ron DeSantis should definitely play the mayor. Oh, that's the governor of Florida? Florida. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the new, the new Jaws denier is the COVID denier. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, um, like, uh, you should vote like little quote is that uh, the mayor in Jaws one was still the mayor in Jaws two. Like <laughs> yeah, nobody right. voted him out, you know. 
I mean, do you think people that don't want to wear masks are watching Jaws and they're going, Dude, go swimming. What the fuck? That's bullshit. Probably. Or do you think they're they're uh, they're retaining the lesson? And they're like, oh yeah, it's not safe right now. So maybe they should take precautionary measures and be safe. Or do they just think you know, like the mayor, the people who love Trump must love yeah, the mayor. Absolutely. Of course they do. The best part is is the the mayor's walking around the beach and he's like encouraging people to. He's like, hey, will you get in the water? Like no one's going in the water. Yeah, She's like go in. asking people to go swimming. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it does it does make sense because I actually, of course, I found something I'd never seen before when I'm watching it for the podcast. Because I'm like, gotta be the facts, gotta be the Jaws facts. And when the mayor gets out of his car on the side, it says Vaughn Realty. So he's a fucking mayor and a realtor, and that's why he fucking wants all these people to not be scared so he could sell property. He's just like Trump. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad this came up because I have an I have an idea. I am going to in the name of freedom as as a, a civil protest, I'm going to go to Wells Beach. I'm going to get my swimsuit on. I'm going in the water. I'm going all the way up to my neck. I'm going over my head. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not going to stop living my life just because there's some great white shark in the water and a bunch of government bureaucrats want to tell me what to do, want to take Mm-mm. all risk out of my existence. Hell Live no. For your I'm going swim. I'm going to Wells. I'm going swimming. <laughs> I'm going to come with you in my seal suit. <laughs> So my pick this week, The Reef, 2010. This is an Australian film by Andrew Truckee. Kevin, you want to say the last name? I love it. I love that you went with Truckee because I was like, nobody make me have to pronounce this guy's last name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sounds he, like a, a toy. Sounds like a toy I used to play with as a kid. He's an Australian filmmaker. This is The Reef is only his second feature, and he hasn't done a movie since. This is on Shutter. I feel like this has been on Shutter since day one, and that's how I first saw it because when Shutter first started, it was a lot different than it is now. There were pretty slim pickings there when we first signed up a couple of few years ago it was like mushrooms and the reef or something the shrooms you know it was like so i i don't want to normally watch a shark movie because duh jaws is one of the greatest movies of all time so i approached the reef with great skepticism a couple of years ago and it is great i love this movie i am so impressed especially being a second feature this is an unaccomplished filmmaker to do something like the reef and i I think the reason it's so impressive to me the fundamentals the very basic fundamentals of filmmaking even beyond filmmaking just of drama is what this movie relies on there isn't a setup it's people in the water in the middle of the ocean that's all it is there's five people uh, there's nobody else even in the movie and they're in the middle of the ocean and they're sharks that's it so that's the template that you have to work with and I feel like every single fundamental building block of a film has to come together to pull off something like this the acting the script the dialogue the cinematography everything has to be just so the soundtrack and this pulls it off and it's very tense very uh taut very suspenseful it goes by very fast like 89 minutes or something like that um i love this movie big big fan of this movie you should definitely check out the reef yeah i I had never seen this but like you said trent i think i watched it on prime and i think i've floated by this movie no pun intended for years because the last thing i want to do is waste 90 minutes of my life on a movie that's going to be easily inferior to Jaws. You know, yeah. 100, 100 times out of 100. But this is great. Um, it's it's sort of been compared to, like, open water meets Jaws. I personally have still never seen open water. But you, you just said everything you need to say about it. It's, it's very well acted. It's very deliberately paced. And one of the things that Andrew Truckee does in both of his feature films because the one before the reef is called black water which is a crocodile attack story 
And in both of these movies, he used footage of the real animals. So all the footage in the reef is of real sharks. And what he did is he edited it into the footage that he had of the people in the ocean. And I guess he did the same thing with the crocodile attack uh, movie Blackwater. And I think that when you watch it knowing that, it makes it even more impressive. And the other thing is both of his feature films have been based on true stories. The one thing I will say about the director is he's gotten some criticism on both films because the based on true events angle in neither case has he actually consulted the people that lived through these things and survived. So he has gotten a little bit of shit for kind of bringing, you know, sort of fictionalizing a true traumatic event that happened to some people and then not even kind of bringing them in. It's hard when my favorite movie is Jaws to, you know, be on board with any other shark movie. But honestly, I think any other shark movie scares me so much because I'm just so tense the whole time because I'm just waiting for someone to get eaten by the shark. So I watched this movie absolutely like through my fingers. Like there was a lot of this, a lot of looking down, like just like waiting for because I got jump scared so quick into this movie like literally like 20 minutes in I was like and after that I was like okay so I'm just gonna be tense this whole time and you know that makes for a good horror movie if someone is literally so stressed the whole time because they're scared of when the shark's gonna come like every time that guy put on his goggles and like looked into the water I'm like don't don't look I'm like don't just don't just like live in your blissful ignorance like above the water and just pretend like you're not getting hunted i didn't love it i feel like it could have been like i think i was like talking to kevin would have like yeah we know when you're gonna be swimming from this rock to that rock somebody's gonna get eaten by the shark like just get it over with like you don't have to pull it out you know for 20 minutes so it was definitely a stressful 90 minutes for me and then the ending there was just like no it, it wasn't the same gratification you know, as like a Jaws ending. I, I like the reef. Um, I thought that this uh, should have been the season finale uh, of the show Friends. It reminded me of the cast of Friends getting eaten by sharks. Um, they're all very beautiful and... They were. Uh, that, that main dude looked just like Joey. The thing that scares me when I watch movies, I find that the obstruction of view uh, is always the thing that scares me the most when you're watching something and you can't get a clear vision of what it is that is the threat. And that goggle scene you're talking about is totally that. It's the bubbles are coming from, from people hyperventilating in the mm -hmm. water and it's flapping around and you, he can't see the shark through the bubbles and all that and it's really... The suspense with with this movie was great, and uh, Kevin, you you mentioned the the deliberate pacing. Uh, I thought that was important too because they do really like wind you up <laughs> before the shark comes, and they give you a little bit of hope, and they give you a little bit of like the tiniest bit of comic relief um, through like the dialogue of the characters. But I liked it where where Jaws was the summer blockbuster Spielberg. Um, this is the, you know, the mumblecore uh, drama independent film version of a shark movie where never once do you think that it's not a shark. Never once is there like some stupid special effect. Most of the scares are the obstruction of view, the large open water, and just knowing that they're in the Australian Ocean something is going to get them <laughs> like yeah. it's like the most dangerous place in the world to swim why would you ever go the scary thing about this movie to me is the vastness of a person alone in the middle of the ocean the isolation the removal from everything a lot like space when we talked about the space movies it's and i don't think that jaws doesn't really try to do that like i never really had the sense in jaws that you know, they're they're kind of, they're off the bay or whatever. They're not mm -hmm. in the, on halfway from Australia to Indonesia, which is where these people are. Like, especially 
once the the sort of initial sequence uh, of the movie is over, I mean, it just as far as the eye can see, I mean, there's nothing nowhere. You might as well be in the middle of space, having been ejected from your spaceship with mm -hmm. no gas, and that the choice they have to make that it's either like stay here and hope against hope that somehow somebody rescues you and finds you or swim for like maybe 10 miles they don't, they don't even Ugh. really know uh what it, what does she say this is something like uh uh swim to an island you can't see you know yeah. that's the that's the plan you can swim to an island you can't see like why would you that's not going to mm -hmm. go well i was i was curious as to like what what i would do they all have to decide yeah. if they're going to stay in the one spot and hope to be rescued and seen or if they need to move because they're going to die there they're going to die of hydrate of dehydration they're going to drown they're going to die there for sure uh or they can swim to an island they can't see i don't know i don't know what i would do i think that would be pretty tough tough call what would i have a solution yeah i thought about this i watched this movie a few times and when they first capsized the boat um, when they're all panicking, he's going on downstairs for like supplies or whatever. There's oars floating in the water. Like you could take what's left of the boat instead of getting in the water with your legs dangling and flopping around and all that. You just all grab an oar and you row uh, either uh, the boat or something like it. I don't Part think of the they boat. could reach the the way the boat the boat was overturned. So they're very high. Hey, maybe up. you take off some planks and you attach those uh, right. floaty things to the bottom of the planks, build just so raft. you're not dangling there. Build yeah. a raft, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, but you could build a raft. Sense. I mean, you would be in the water to build a raft, but for less time. Yeah, that was like the big, you know, empathetic moment of the film, like right off the bat. And I think. I don't think I would get in the... I think I would stay on that boat, honestly. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah. And I and I mean, you know... But they never found... Whether it, yeah, well... What, yeah, you know, yeah. whether it works but out or not... But getting in the water that way sucks too. Just like sinking slowly. into the water slowly. Ah! <gasps> that's what's hard. You don't know what you would do. And that's why they're so flip-floppy. But that one girl's like, I wanna, I'm having FOMO. Bring me with you. I'm just Yeah, kidding. she changes her you mind. Know? Yeah, just what you need in front of a 10-mile swim is for yeah. someone to make you go back to the boat after It's your ex-girlfriend being like, their I mind. wanna go. What the fuck? I don't Wait for me. I'll change my mind on a come. I wonder if that other guy said something like creepy to her. So she's like, I'm just kidding. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just you and me now. Yeah. Is that Will or something? It shows how quickly, like, uh, things can get so messed up with a plan, which just the, the, the difference of the tide they misunderestimated like when the tide would be low mm -hmm. and that's what caused everything that's what put them in this whole position right. and it's all fun and games until like that one thing you regret it so bad mm. i think and that the the character you're talking about kate <clears throat> played by zoe naylor and you talk about these all being beautiful Jennifer aniston all beautiful people dave oh so, so she's the rachel of this cast yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> Do you notice the way, so Luke, the Joey in our episode, he looks like great the whole time. Like as the movie goes on, and, and I'm glad you guys brought up the goggle scene. I think that's actually the, the most effective thing this director did in the entire movie, but he looks great. And then Kate, like almost gets like the evil dead treatment. Whereas like the movie goes on, she just looks worse and worse and worse. Uh, but both both characters, I think, put in really good performances. I think Susie, uh, another one of our characters, who I'm guessing Dave would be, which, which friend's character would she be? Lisa Phoebe. Kudrow, probably. Yeah. Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, maybe Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, she bugged the shit out of me, and I think that's a good act, a good acting performance because I kept watching this movie like, well, somebody shut her the fuck up and tell her to stop freaking out. You're stressing me out. Like you're not helping the situation. Shut up. But that's good. Good on her. You know, a, a, an underperforming actor may have just come off as like, you know, marginally annoying. She bugged the fucking shit out of me. And then, <laughs> then Matt had a great performance. I thought that that guy was great. When he does the thing where he swims away from them and is yelling at them, get away from me, that yeah. broke my heart. I was like, 
bro. Like, oh, and by the way, I should mention that Matt, the character that I just talked about, he's totally Chandler. Yes, he is. Because he is. There, there's yeah. no way that David Schwimmer or Ross would ever would ever do anything David cool Swimmer. for anyone. <laughs> this is very. Re this is a realism, hundred percent hard realism thing, and I even think the the tagline is like not. You have the tagline on the thing is like, you'll wish you drown instead or something like that. Pray. Oh no, it's it's pray that you drown. Pray that you drown first is the tagline yeah. for this movie, which makes it, it makes it sound a little bit more like a fun time horror movie when it's really it's a very hard, realistic, dark, depressing. Like it's not a fun time at, it's at all. It's not. It's not. I couldn't find a budget, um, but I do know that when they were filming, they did this. What I think would be a cool thing. They tried to do this viral marketing attempt because this movie came out in 2010. I don't know if we've said that. So they would live stream everything for portions of the movie so you could log in online and watch oh, yeah. as they made the movie to try to generate interest in it. Uh, but I, I couldn't find a budget. I, I can't imagine it's much. I wonder what happened to this guy. I mean, this was 10 years ago. I couldn't find anything. He did the, the alligator movie before this. I couldn't find anything that he had done after this as far as feature film. He's trucking. You didn't try to get him on the show, Kevin? Guy Trent, this episode came up on us uh, a little quickly that, uh, you know, my my amateur detective skills of tracking down disappeared directors, I didn't really have time to, to hone those skills. What was that?
Thank <laughs> you.